Welcome to the Satiated Podcast, where we explore physical and emotional hunger, satiation, and healing your relationship with your food and body. I'm your host, Stephanie Mara Fox, your somatic nutritional counselor. I'm excited to chat with Kitty Bloomfield today. Kitty is the co-founder of New Strength and Saturé, creator of metabolically supportive supplements and saturated skincare. Kitty created a method that freed herself from years of restrictive diets and excessive cardio whilst transforming her body and health. Since then, she's helped thousands of others achieve the body and health that they've always wanted using the same approach. Kitty is on a mission to free women from restrictive diets, help them restore their metabolisms, balance their hormones, and build bodies they love. Welcome, Kitty. Oh, what a great intro. Well, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to get to connect with you more today. And I would love to start out with hearing a little bit more about your background and your history and how you got into this work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, maybe I should start with a question because obviously I know the listeners aren't going to be able to respond to this question. But, you know, if you're a woman listening to this, how many of you have ever really truly been happy with your body and how it looks? Mm -hmm. And maybe if you were, did you have to do some crazy restrictive diet to actually maintain it? So I was that woman basically mm -hmm. for 17 years of my life, you know, I was just never happy with my body. And I, I was always trying to achieve this specific number on the scale. And I don't know why it was 62 kilos. It was just 62 kilos, but I cycled through every single diet under the sun. You know, I did mm -hmm. isogenics for 12 months. I did keto. I did fasting. I did low carb. You know, I really restricted calories. I overtrained and I would restrict and then I would binge all just to get to this 62 kilos and you know I would achieve it but I would be exhausted and I would be craving sugar and my periods were irregular and heavy and painful you know I didn't sleep very well I had really low energy I was constipated uh, my hair actually started falling out mm. so you know I never really was happy with my body really and I felt terrible <laughs> You know, I was just mm -hmm. exhausted and I always felt like I was obsessed with food. So I was either restricting and thinking about what I couldn't eat or then planning the next cheat meal, which would turn into a cheat day, you know, and I would remember sitting there at nine o'clock at night thinking, I'm just going to keep eating. And I would mm -hmm. eat and eat and eat till I felt sick because then the next day I would just jump back on the crazy restrictive, you know, I'd just yeah. get back on the 1200 calorie diet and this cycle would just repeat itself, you know, year in, yeah. year out, year in, year out. And I think the real turning point for me was I just left my husband. So I was 34 for the second time. Mm -hmm. And so my relationship was shit. And of course I was back restricting again because I thought, you know, I'll just lose some weight That'll make me feel better. That'll make me feel happier if I can just get tiny again. You know, so I was back on the crazy diet bandwagon. And of course, because of that, I was feeling tired and, you know, I had really low energy and I just wasn't focused at work. So at the time I was working in mining, doing a mine control role, role doing FIFO. And one of the step-up supervisors actually complained to my boss about me saying that I was really distracted and she didn't want to work with me. And mm. he basically, he was this South African guy. And he was a real hard ass, but I'm so grateful to him now. So he sat me down and basically said, Kitty, if you don't get your shit together, I'm going to fire you. You know, you've just got divorced. You, It's not like you're dying. You've got your whole life ahead of you, you know, basically get it together. And that really scared me because I didn't want to lose my job. So not only did I go out and buy every book on men and relationships because I just had a terrible 
track record with that. But I also started to research about hormones and metabolism and all these issues that I had. And I came across my business partner, Emma Scrackus, who's um, the other half of Saturay. And I was reading this article called Defending Fruit and Other Non-Complex Carbohydrates. And all of these light bulbs were just going off. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, like no wonder I have spent my whole life jumping from diet to diet and have all of these issues and I can never, ever maintain my weight or a healthy weight without restricting. So I emailed her and I said, I have to work with you. So I did her 12-week popping the food bubble course. And at the same time, I met Craig and Craig introduced me to strength training, you know, instead of spending hours flogging myself with cardio. And I just fell in love with it. He taught me about energy balance and tracking my food and optimizing my body. And Emma taught me how to eat, you know, to, I guess, support my metabolism and my hormones and really re-educated me on food. So, you know, all of these things that I'd cut out of my diet for so long, like sugar and fruit and dairy, you know, that I thought were the devil. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I couldn't possibly eat these foods and be healthy or not get fat. And so basically what they taught me transformed my body and my health. You know, so I started sleeping through the night. My periods became regular and, you know, pretty asymptomatic. I stopped binge eating. I started pooing every day. I had energy again. You know, I went into the gym and I I really loved my training. You know, it wasn't instead of being punishing myself for what I'd eaten, I was training to be strong and training for performance. And so my body started to change too, you know. And so instead of always thinking, I'm just going to destroy this body that I have with restricted diets and cardio and try and achieve this whatever number on the scale, I was building the body I wanted with real food and strength training. And so, yeah, I just, it literally changed my life so much that, you know, I left my job in mining and we opened, Craig and I opened the gym and we built, sort of worked on a methodology for three years doing that, working with men and women. And then we sold the gym and decided to create an online program Mm -hmm. specifically for women. So women just like me who have spent years jumping from restrictive diet to restrictive diet, who just want to eat real food and feel good again. You know, women, and we attract a lot of women with perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms because I'm 42. And a lot of the women we work with are sort of in that 40 to 50 age bracket and they're the same as me and they're just experiencing all these crazy symptoms and yeah then we also along the way created saturate with emma because we just couldn't find any great skincare that we loved so yeah that's sorry that's a bit of the long the long story i love it i love it yeah 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 i'm hearing just both attending to the the outer and the inner of what you were like how can i support my body externally and also internally Mm, because i think i always thought like to look good. And I guess when I say look good, that's subjective, right? Like it's, you know, when women come into our program, like, look, you, you, we can help you, you know, whatever you want to get to, we can help you get there. And some people may not want to look as muscular as me. Like I'm pretty muscular. That's just a byproduct of lifting very heavy weights. But, you know, we're here to, we want to help you achieve that. It's not about being really skinny or really shredded, but just that strong, capable yeah, body that's energized, that sleeps well, you know, and you can you can look good and feel good. You can have both. And I always thought, well, in order to look good, I have to just starve myself. There was no other way. But you can have both. What I hear in your story is you first started to notice what made you feel the way you wanted to feel in your body. And it was yeah. actually bringing back in a lot of foods that diet culture had really kind of demonized. I know you put out a post recently about like, eat the sugar, eat the carbohydrates. And I would love for you to talk more about that because I feel like a lot of the individuals I work with and even listeners here, you know, sugar and carbs have been demonized for so long that it's like you can't eat these things if you want to, you know, get to where you want to go with your body. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of sides to it. Like, and this is one thing that really helped me is that, you know, in order to lose body fat, 
You, you need to eat in a calorie deficit. You, you don't need to cut out carbohydrates. It's a deficit that makes you lose body fat. And you don't need to have a huge deficit either. And I think that's where women go wrong. And then, you know, sugar. So when we talk about sugar, so there's like white table sugar. And then, you know, you've got, which is sucrose, which is glucose and fructose. And then you've got sugar, which is found in fruit and honey and juice. So there's, they're the same structurally. It's just that, you know, fruit contains vitamins and minerals and fiber and extra free molecules of glucose and fructose. So, you know, you definitely don't don't want to be cutting out fruit and you know if you want to have some fresh juice go for it because those foods contain you know they're abundant in, nu- in nutrients that your body actually needs and then having some white sugar white sugar isn't it's not poison like people say it's poison it's just it's just simply energy that's all it is devoid of nutrients so obviously it wouldn't make sense to go and eat 10 cups of white sugar but if you've got a nutrient dense diet then having some white sugar as part of a nutrient-dense diet is not an issue. So like as an example, you know, sometimes I'll have sugar in my coffee or I'll have maple syrup. You know, I make this homemade ice cream that I have for dessert every night, which obviously has sugar in it. You know, we have this amazing flourless chocolate brownie recipe in our Mm. program that is like divine and a lot of the women love it. So, you know, like once a day I might have a small piece of that with a glass of milk. You know, when you're incorporating some of these yummy things into your diet and not restricting and not drastically restricting sugar and carbs, you get to stop the binge eating. And I think I feel like that's where so many women go wrong because that's where I went wrong too, is that I so drastically restricted that your body, when you're underfueled and undernourished, it cries out for carbs. Like think about when you when you cut carbs out of your diet, like what do you crave? You crave sweet things. So your body's trying to tell you that it needs fuel. And if you don't give it fuel, it'll make it. By breaking down mm-hmm. your muscle, you're right through a process called gluconeogenesis, and that's quite stressful. So I think, you know, for women who are wanting to improve their body composition or lose weight, it's not about cutting and carbs from your diet or drastically cutting calories. It's eating in a small calorie deficit. Include more of these beautiful nutrient dense sugars like fruits and you know fresh juices, dairy, maple syrup, honey. You know, include other carbohydrates too, so that you actually feel satisfied and you can maintain this small calorie deficit and slowly lose body fat, which then stops you from binge eating, right? Because like these women, they try and eat 1200 calories and then you just end up eating fucking 5,000 calories in the weekend because you're so starving and you know, you can only ignore the biological response of your body for so long. So yeah, I think it's just such a huge misconception, which stops women from actually, you know, reaching their health and body goals because they're just trying to always cut sugar and carbs from their diet. Yeah. Yeah. And something I've seen is as a woman comes up towards perimenopause, that it starts to get even more restrictive because the body starts to change and it changes in ways that may feel unknown or scary. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how you've guided the women through your program like through that transitional time in their life. Yeah. Kate Deary and I have done some great podcasts on this. When you're going through perimenopause, so, you know, when you go through menopause, you've obviously stopped ovulating. It's 12 months after you've stopped ovulating. Leading up to that, you'll start to experience these anovulatory cycles where you don't actually ovulate anymore and you're not making progesterone. So, you know, if you're healthy and everything's well, you should go through this period with minimal symptoms, right? You should go through menopause. Like if you look at non-Western countries, they don't seem to have all of the issues that the, uh, we do. So, you know, I don't want you to sit there and feel bad because you're having these symptoms, but I also want you to know that it's not necessary, you know, that you can support your body so that it functions well, so that you don't experience these symptoms. Because I think, you know, like if you're listening to this, the women listen to this, how many of you have kids? You're working full time. 
you know, you've got a ton of stress in your life. You're probably under eating. You might be over exercising. You might be drinking a bit too much. You know, I've been there. I was a big drinker. I still like to have some drinks. Um, you know, so all of the, it's just like adding these layers and layers and layers of stress on the body. And then the body starts to dysfunction. So you will start to experience more of these. You might not ovulate or your body's not really detoxifying well. So often, you know, your body's, because estrogen and progesterone balance each other. So you just become estrogen dominant because your body's not actually producing enough progesterone to I get not, you know, balance it out, I guess. You may not be detoxifying well. So how many women listening to this don't go to do a shit every day? Like it's really common. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been mm-hmm. constipated where it's terrible. So that, you know, your body, your liver will deactivate estrogen and then get rid of it through your poo. So if you're not actually pooing every day, you're not getting rid of that estrogen. So it's backing up in the system, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's all of these things, I think, that basically your body's just, it's signs of too much stress. And, you know, the process that we use with all of the women in our program. So like when you're younger, it'll show up as cycle issues. So heavy and painful periods, you know, bloating, the PMS. And then as you get into menopause and perimenopause, it shows up as perimenopausal symptoms, hot flashes, insomnia, weight gain, all of these things. You know, I think it too, it can be really easy to get sucked into like, you know, because if you Google, you know, you like I, I get on calls with them and they're just taking a ton of different supplements. And, you know, it can be so easy because you just Google things and then you go see some doctor or some naturopath and they just prescribe you 500 bucks worth of supplements. And like, you, you really need to address it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever take supplements because I do, but the foundation is nutrition and lifestyle changes, you know, so one, making sure you're eating adequate protein. Like that's just such a simple one because so many mm-hmm. of the women, they don't track their food. So you don't really know how much you're eating, you know? So you, you, they'll start to track their food and they're like, shit, kitty, I'm only eating 80 grams of protein or 70 grams of protein. So your liver, if you don't eat adequate protein, it can't do its job of detoxification. You know, protein is the most thermogenic of all the macronutrients. So it's, it takes the most energy to digest. One thing that we can get them to do is actually eating adequate protein, right? Yeah. That just can improve things. You know, then am I eating, ad- balancing it out with carbs and fat? Like say, if you do need to lose body fat, am I eating a small calorie deficit instead of trying to eat 1200 calories? You know, am I getting the nutrients that my body needs? So, you know, we recommend eating things like liver and oysters and people are like, oh my God, kitty, you know, liver, it contains a week's worth, hundred grams contains a week's worth of vitamin A, which is used to make your protective steroid hormones. So, you know, that think, think about progesterone, you know, but you can just take the capsules. I take the capsules, you know, building muscle, Muscle, like honestly, that is one of the most underrated things I think that that, that women just don't think about because as we age, we lose muscle. You know, so think about when you've, how many of you listening to this have done restrictive diets, but you've also paired it with a heap of cardio. So yeah. You, I've done it too. Been on that bloody spin bike every every week, every day. So you know, when you're eating in that drastic calorie deficit, yeah, you might lose some body fat, but you're losing muscle. Mm-hmm. So. Muscle is how we improve our resting metabolic rate. So, you know, 70% of your total daily energy expenditure is just you doing nothing. And the way to actually improve that is by adding more muscle to your body, which so many women don't do. And you know what it also does, which is amazing. It improves your body's ability to use carbs. So it increases your insulin sensitivity. You know, we get them moving more getting out Mm -hmm. and getting sun, doing some walks, trying to prioritize sleep. You know, how many of you sit there at night, put the kids to bed, scrolling through Instagram, (laughs) 
Yeah, and you're like, fuck, it's like 11 o'clock. And then you go to bed and you wake up at five or six and you only had six hours sleep. This compounds, right? So it's all of these, you know, when I say this stuff to women, they're like, wow, this is actually really basic, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's actually doing it, doing it consistently over a long enough period of time, you know, cutting out the booze for a period of time or cutting it back, like being really honest with yourself. And look, I've been there. You know, I've even had stages, like I, I think I talked about it on a podcast once where I was like, had a month where I just drank every weekend and I got to the end of the month and I was like, fuck it, are you really getting back into bad habits again? Because I love alcohol. I just don't like how it makes me feel. So, you know, just being really honest with yourself and asking yourself, do I really need this? Because alcohol impairs your liver's ability to detoxify estrogen, you know, and it's just empty calorie. It just does nothing for you. And I'm not saying don't ever drink again, but potentially it might be it might be good just to stop it for a little while and then feel better again. And then you'll probably find you won't want to drink as much anymore, you know. So it, yeah. I think it's just doing these simple things and supporting the body. Because I always think about it like, you know, imagine your body's this Ferrari, you know, and if you don't put the right oil in it and the right fuel, if you start putting like, you know, just diesel in it or something like that, and you don't put enough oil in, eventually over time it wears down, right? So if your body, you know, if you're not getting enough energy and nutrients, it's constantly stressed, it will cut corners. So things like digestion, you know, reproduction, they're not, well, digestion is essential, but you know, like reproduction, it's not essential. So it affects your steroid hormone production, affects your digestion, affects your thyroid function. Your body just down-regulates things so that it can just survive. And then you start to get all these symptoms. Yeah, it's not sexy. <laughs> and it's and it's not quick, but it really works, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I really appreciate all these points. And yeah, they may sound simple, but like you're pointing yeah. out, it can actually be quite difficult to put them into place Sometimes because I find that we go through like different nutritional phases throughout Mm. our life. And so if you are in a phase right now where it's, I just want what I want when I want it, like it's going to take some time to transition out of that phase to be like, okay, is this still supporting me? Like, how Mm. does my body feel on this? And as you get the feedback from your body over and over again, yeah, this isn't making me feel the way I want to feel. Yeah, this still isn't making me feel the way I want to feel. At some point, it's going to be like, you know what? I don't want to do that today. I want to do something different. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I don't know. I th- I just, this is me personally, and I'm sure a lot of women who listen to this will, will agree. Like when you hit the, your 40s, I hate having a bad sleep. Like, <laughs> you know, I just, if I don't eat enough, I don't sleep well, I don't have good energy and like, I just can't function anymore. And I, you know, when I was young, when you're younger, when you're 20s, you can cope with more. I destroyed myself, I think. I'm actually, Craig always says, I'm surprised that you are okay because I took a lot of drugs. I drank a lot. I consistently underate and then binged, you know, my poor body. I think about all the stress that I put it under. And I, I think I, it makes me feel sick thinking about the things that I did and eat, trying to eat 1200 calories and just dragging myself out of bed in the morning, drinking my black coffee, going and training fasted. I, I just couldn't do it now. And mm-hmm. I think once you do this for a while and you, you know, I, I get it. You want to see your body change. I get it, you know, but you have to ask yourself, like, what's the definition of insanity? So if those restrictive diets worked long-term, you'd be looking great. You'd be feeling great, but they don't. And it just, if you keep going back, you just stay stuck in that cycle versus, and I always say to women in our program, you've got to give it 12 to 18 months. Like you've been dieting for 10, some women come to me, they've been dieting for 30 years. How realistic do you think it is to undo all that and achieve the body that you want in 12 weeks? When I ask them that, they go, kitty, yeah, you're right. You know, because it takes time to build muscle. 
you know? And the thing is, you're going to fuck it up along the way. That's normal. Like, you know, I think women come in thinking, oh, like, it's just going to be this great linear progress and I'm going to go from A to B and there's going to be no hiccups along the way. But that's, it's like, there's life. Things happen with your kids, you'll get derailed, you'll, you know, but the secret is, is to just keep going, you know, take that consistent, imperfect action and keep just getting back on, getting back on, getting back on. And, you know, because like, think about it. How many times have you started something and then it, you get derailed and then you just totally throw the baby out with the bathwater and you just go, fuck it. And then three months later, you're like, oh my God, where am I again? I'm here again. Imagine if you just thought, okay, that's okay. I fucked this up. It doesn't matter. It's part of it. And the next day, just go back on your nutrition plan and you just start it again. Like imagine where you'd be in 12 months time. And I, I feel like that's a huge one. For women not being so hard on themselves and giving themselves some grace and allowing themselves to make mistakes but then just you can choose then what you do after that you can choose to go okay okay maybe i ended up having some wines last night it wasn't the best choice and ate some shit food don't let it roll over to tomorrow just get back up eat you don't you don't need to fast and starve yourself all day <laughs> just get up and eat your breakfast and start again yeah i completely agree with that i think that that we have to kind of reframe what healing our relationship with our food and our body is like that it's not that suddenly you're never going to do your familiar eating our body behaviors ever again yeah. it's okay sometimes this is going to happen and yeah. I'm not going to self-abandon anymore. I'm going to keep yeah. showing up for myself and be committed more to the journey instead yes. of just, I'm going to get to this destination and then what? That's right. That's right. And I really feel like, because this is how I was, it's practicing moderation because I was such an extremist, <laughs> you know, and it's going totally like understand. You say, <laughs> yeah. If you go, if you decide, you know, because like, I do think, you know, when you start this process, and you are working towards some, say, weight loss or fat loss or body composition goals, and you've got some health issues you need to improve, you do have to tighten it up. But when I say tighten it up, it's not about restricting and eating 1,200 calories. It's about you know consistently hitting the macros, eating those nutrient-dense foods most of the time, doing your walks, once you, you know, building the muscle. Because once, But once you get to the maintenance spot, you know, you can then, you know, have some drinks or have some not optimal food and you just go straight back to your plan and nothing happens. You don't gain 10 kilos. You don't fall off the wagon. You know, it, it's that moderation. Like if you make a mistake or if you eat, like you're in, you're in your plan, like say you drink the wine, so what? You did it, you know, whatever. Just But just have two glasses instead of having two bottles. Don't then go and eat a large Domino's pizza. Go to bed and just start your plan again. And I think the more and more, like, you know, we talked about this on the podcast about the emotional, I think the more and more you practice this, it starts to become the new norm and you get out of those extremes and more into that middle ground, which is where you need to be. Because like you say, it's not like you can never drink alcohol again. You'll probably drink it less like me because you just, I mean, I had a few champagnes on the weekend with a friend of mine. We shared a bottle and I, like, it actually makes me feel, feel pretty shit now wine and mm -hmm. champagne like I'm so much better if I drink cocktails and after drinking that uh, like the next day I was like you know what I think I'm really just not going to drink champagne anymore I'm just going to have cocktails yeah. because I'm like they just there's whatever it is in the champagne like the, the what, what's in there just doesn't I can have a few cocktails and sleep better and just wake up fresher so you end up getting to the point where you're like oh just it's not worth it anymore <laughs> right and that's that's that body feedback yeah. Of just saying, okay, I can do something over and over and over again. And at some point as we keep, I like framing it more as collecting data on your body. Ooh, and as you so like, good. as you keep collecting data on how your body responds to things, at some point it's going to be like, 
I don't think I can ignore this anymore. Like my body has been sending me this message over and over and over again. And mm. I think I just need to start paying attention to this and honoring what my body's trying to tell me. And it is such a process. You know, what you were just referencing is I was recently on Kitty's podcast and I'll share that with you all. And, you know, I love also bringing in your perspective because I talk so much about the emotional aspects. But like if we bring it back to your first suggestion of, you know, eating enough protein, for example, that like if your body isn't getting the macronutrients that it needs, that can also be a contributor to emotional eating and binge eating because your body is trying to get the nutrition it needs. And sometimes while I'm talk so much about the deeper reasons why these kind of relationship with food can occur. Sometimes it is if you start to bring in the nutrition that you need. For some individuals, I have seen this, the binge eating just goes away because your body is starting to feel nourished and grounded and regulated just by the food that's coming in. It's getting what it needs. But then there's women too, like we talked about this, that they're doing all the right things that actually supporting their body, but then they go and emotionally eat comfort eat and I used to do that a lot too yeah anyway you can listen to that I'm going to release that podcast guys listen to it yeah but I think it's you know if you're doing all the right things and eating enough and you're still still binge eating for other reasons then yeah I think your stuff is so helpful because I see it all the time it's so common yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely so you're talking about kind of a a major transition for some individuals and Mm. what do you find are the initial baby steps someone can take let's say they're not lifting weights at all. Let's say they are more in that realm of doing lots and lots of cardio and still focusing Mm. on trying to eat as little as possible. Like where Mm. would someone slowly start shifting their relationship with food and how they move in it? Women, when I talk about tracking food, I get sometimes I'll get pushback from the tracking the food. And I get that because I used to track, but always try to eat as little as possible. And I think I really had to shift my mindset around tracking. And because I always associate it with with restriction, obviously, Mm -hmm. because if I was trying to eat 1200 fucking calories and not eating carbs, that is restriction. So, you know, when I met Craig and Emma and, you know, she got me to track my food, I really looked at it like shifted my perspective. It's data, it's data gathering, it's information to teach me. And, you know, it really showed me that I actually could eat more food without gaining a ton of weight. So like day to day and got me out of that binge restrict. So I think coming into it with being more inquisitive, you know, and going, okay, maybe just for a week, track everything that you eat and just do it as an information gathering exercise and then look at it and you you might go, shit, and, and track the binges too. So you might eat 1,200 calories in the week and then you go and eat 10,000 calories in the weekend. So really you could be eating more day to day. And then I think it would be about, you know, looking at the macronutrient breakdown and like slowly increasing it. So let's say you genuinely are eating 1,500 calories. Why don't you just add 100 calories? You know, make sure you're getting enough protein. So you'd want to, if you're not training or doing anything, 90 grams per day, but most of the women we talk to are training. So, you know, Probably a good range would be like 1.6 grams to 2.2 grams per kilo of your goal weight. So work out your goal weight. Let's say your goal weight's 70 kilos and then just find a number in that range and just start with that. And then, you know, then you could just gradually increase the calories week to like just add 100 calories for a week and see how you feel. And then, you know, potentially you might, why don't you pull the cardio back a bit and just start doing a couple of strength training sessions a week and just start there and then see how you feel. And I guarantee you'll start to feel better, you know, and just instead of going, I think like one extreme and go, oh, I'm just going to do zero cardio and I'm just going to eat 
two and a half thousand calories because you will gain weight. You will. So I think the key is to just go slowly and use it and just gather that data. And it really, and I was like, wow, like when I strength train and I eat a bit more carbs and, you know, eat a bit more food consistently on a day-to-day basis, I've actually felt better. You know, I was starting to sleep, my energy returned. Then I could actually see my, over time, my body started to change because I started to actually build muscle, you know? So I think it could be just that gradual process like that. And then, you know, working your calories up to, you know, cause everyone's different, you know, you cal- what you need is, is an individual is going to differ because, you know, you've got different amounts of muscle and activity levels and stress levels. So, you know, I think it's about finding what works for you and we'll probably talk about it at the end but craig and i created a challenge a seven-day challenge which is a really great introduction it's so cheap it's 27 dollars australian lifetime access and introduces you to all these basic concepts tracking it's got a meal plan you know some foods that you could include in your diet that they're going to give you the nutrients that you need that we talked about and again it's not about being perfect it's not about eating these foods exclusively all the time it's just about including them so you're getting those nutrients and then gives you two training programs one that you can do at home with basic equipment and just start I think you've just got to start, you know, and take that consistent, imperfect action and just build on it slowly rather than going, oh, fuck, I can't do it perfectly. I'm just not going to do anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And for those who are listening and kind of like, oh, my gosh, counting and macros and all those things. And, you know, we don't talk about that too often here. And I just want to add in that I am a big proponent of I think that everyone gets to explore and discover what works for them because I've actually found a lot of individuals that once they started, for example, like tracking their macros, it actually healed their relationship with food. They felt more empowered. They felt more freedom in their relationship with food. I think that for someone, if it feels overwhelming, that where mm. I even, if it's like you are maybe even healing from disordered eating, eating disorder, mm. I just want to add this also, this caveat of just start looking at your meals and saying, is there a carb? Is there a fat? Is there a protein here? But mm. don't worry about counting. Don't worry about, you know, because sometimes that can feel really overwhelming and sometimes bring in mm. other familiar behaviors from the past that maybe weren't supportive. But just even saying, Am I feeding my body all of the building blocks that it needs to function? And you could be like, am I eating breakfast? There's a lot of women just not even eat breakfast. They're fasting. So go, okay, this week I'm going to eat a well-balanced breakfast, like you say, with some protein, carbs, and fat every day. I'm going to drink my coffee after my breakfast, not on an empty stomach. Maybe I'll eat the carrot salad every day for a week and just do that. Just do that. And then you might get to the point where you go, okay, cool, I'm good with this. Now I actually want to like do a little bit of like put my meals in for a day. Just do it for a day. And just even if you do it just to see where you're at, because I think like you say, it can really show you and you can, then you're like, oh shit, you know, I'm really under eating. And then I go and binge eat, you know, and if I ate just a little bit more during the week, that would probably potentially stop me, you know, ending up face first in a tub of Ben and Jerry's, which is what I used to do. Yeah, or Domino's pizzas or corn chips. I love corn chips too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if it feels regulating enough that you can Mm. track it for one day, I think it Mm. is illuminating because what you may find is you are drastically under eating and Mm. like 1200 calories is not enough to function on. Like that's like for a lot of people, their basal metabolic rate, like the amount of nutrition that your body needs just to function like yeah. just to work. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not taking account stress, exercise, you know, activity levels. Yeah, you just, and honestly, like you just feel so much better. Even if like for, for me with the tracking, I really I tr- had to really shift my focus and go, okay, kitty, 
this is about optimization. Like I really want to feel good. It's not about starving myself. It's about giving my body the macronutrients, micronutrients it needed. And I was like, okay. And I really feel like tracking is difficult if you plan on the fly and you track on the fly because you will just be stressed in there every day. You'll get to the end of the day and be like, shit, you know, like I've got to eat 50 grams of protein. And I just, I just believe everyone could benefit doing some, a little bit of forward planning and some food prepping every week. Cause I'm like, if you're a mom, don't tell me that you don't sit down every week and think about what the family's going to eat for a week and then go and do your food shopping. Like you don't go into the food shops blind and think, oh, okay, we'll just buy whatever. And then every day you decide what you're going to eat. Like my mom didn't do that. We'd go to the shops every week and she'd buy what was on special chops, chicken drumsticks, mints. We had a lot of spaghetti bolognese. Even if you're not tracking, sit down and go, okay, what am I going to have for dinners with the kids? Right. And then you could go, maybe I'll just make myself one lunch, make a slow cooker lunch, freeze it. And then all I have to do is grab it out of the freezer. I'm going to think about what are some simple snacks I could have? Like as an example, cheese and fruit, yogurt and honey. They contain, they don't take any preparation. You know, some beef jerky and some fruit. They're just some really simple ones. And then what would I like to have for breakfast? And just, you know, like most people probably eat the same breakfast for a week and just go to yourself. I'm just going to eat the breakfast, lunch and dinner similar for a week. I'll rotate the dinners out with the kids. I guarantee you'll feel better and less stressed having that plan and having those things there and knowing like, you know, because how many times does shit happen with the kids? And, you know, you, you're like, I don't know, you, you get to the evening and if you've got something planned out that's easy to make, it's so much more likely that you're going to stick to it and fuel your body, you know, wow. have yourself, like if you're like me, I'll, I always have a before bed snack because I love something sweet, small, like I have just a small bowl of ice cream or have a little chocolate brownie or have a glass of chocolate milk, you know, have that there so that you don't end up at night just completely falling off the wagon. You have something before you go to bed. You'll just feel so much better. And it, it will like obviously takes a bit of time at the start of the week, but oh, you'll thank yourself. During yeah, the trust. Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the experience of how do I want to care for future me? Like yeah. present day me, that might be really overwhelming to present day me to be like, oh my gosh, I need to like prep what how I'm going to take care of myself the whole week. But your future self is going to be like, oh, thank you so much for planning these nourishing meals for myself. And I think that also dieting culture has really kind of co-opted a little bit like this whole meal planning thing that yeah, then yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of individuals are like, but if I plan all my meals, aren't I on a diet? And I think there's some balance that can be made between one thing could give it more as like, I think of it as like rhythm. Like we have mm. to create a rhythm to our day that feels very regulating that actually mm. our body can relax and trust that consistent nourishment is coming in. Mm. And it can kind of like, okay, there are these like anchors throughout my day that I can really rely on. And, and so that it's not necessarily you're on a diet. And I think there's some balance that can be made with also body wisdom and planning where it's like, okay, if you even have two different meals you make for yourself throughout a week, yeah, and you, you rotate them. With, right. You check in with yeah. your body. Okay. Which meal would resonate with my body today? So there's both that like, okay, I've made my life easier by having this yeah. and I can also check in with my body as well. Yeah. And I think too, like, what if you got to choose delicious foods that you love? And that's what it is, you know, when you actually learn this skill. Like I think about some of the foods, you know, I made this amazing like slow-cooked chili. Oh, it's just divine, you mm. know. And I often have corn tortillas with prawns and cheese and juice and I have ice cream and I have sourdough crumpets with pate and marmalade and cheese and orange and milky. I'm like, does that sound like a diet? A restrictive diet to you? It's not. <laughs> it's just the food. And you, like, I, I guarantee too, if you actually sat down 
in a month and wrote down all the meals that you have, you probably rotate through the same 10 to 15 meals anyway. Like I guarantee it. That's what happens with women. So it's like, just pick the ones that you like. Like you say, do a couple a week. And then I sit down like this week, I made this amazing because I've got this chicken feet broth and you can see all these rest from Instagram that I made. And I made this, I just felt like sweet corn. So I made this beautiful chicken, sweet corn and noodle soup. And oh God, it's I'm just having it, having it every day. It's so delicious. I just look forward to it so much. It's so nourishing. I have it with beautiful, sweet watermelon on the side. You know, it's not a diet. It's just like, say, nourishing your body with these delicious foods that you love to eat and contain nutrients that your body needs and they contain enough protein. So like, yeah, I think too, when you get re-educated on what are the foods that actually contain the nutrients that my body needs in a form that's easy to digest? Because I feel like a lot of women are brainwashed to think they have to, I'm not saying don't ever eat these foods, but like I only ever eat these foods. So Lean chicken breast, white fish, kangaroo, heaps of nuts and seeds, fuck tons of green vegetables, egg whites, protein powder. No joy in my life. And then I completely fell off the wagon and ate crap on the weekend. No wonder. But now that I actually eat, you know, like carbs and fruits and ice, these delicious, nourishing, yummy foods every day, I just don't feel like I want to binge eat anymore. Yeah. I mean, food and our experience of it is meant to be pleasurable. Like you are allowed to enjoy eating and have that be a satiating experience. But that starts with getting curious about what are the foods that I genuinely enjoy. And Mm. and that means slowing down in your eating experience and actually getting curious, what's the taste? What's the texture? Am I enjoying this? Am I not? And I've heard this a lot with those that I work with that once they start to slow down, the things that they thought that they enjoyed, they actually yeah. really don't because it's maybe yeah. devoid of flavor. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, like plates and plates of like, I'm not saying don't eat green vegetables. I want people to get all triggered, but I'm like, you don't love them. Trust me. Like you don't, when you binge eat, do you go and binge on a plate of raw broccoli? You just don't. You know, but you're so conditioned to think. And, you know, I'm like, if you love green vegetables, make sure you're having some protein and carbs with them. So as an example, you know, don't just have chicken breast and salad, green salad with just greens. You know, you might have like a steak with some a nice potato with a bit of saturated fat and salt on it, then have you cooked greens on the side if you like them. Because they really don't give you any energy. They're hard to digest and they contain anti-nutrients, you know. So it's like have them, but make sure you're having adequate nourishment with the meal that's actually going to give you the energy that your body needs. And I often find with women when they do our programs, they just slowly, naturally don't want to eat tons and tons. Like they still have them. You know, like I have salads, but I have it as a side salad. It's not the main part of the meal. I'm having carbs. You know, I love a good Greek salad on the weekend. We had these yummy steaks with baked potato with some butter and parmesan and then a nice just small Greek salad on the side. Because traditionally salads were served as side dishes, not as like I'm eating chicken breast and salad because Mm -hmm. that's what happened in the 90s because we all just wanted to be skinny as fuck and like it was about reducing calories and just trying to eat these fully fibrous foods that filled us up, you know. As you're talking about energy, just something popped in my head of another thing that, again, if kind of you're trying to maybe move away from, you know, calorie counting or macro counting or something like that, that hasn't necessarily supported you. The other thing you can actually track is kind of noticing on a scale from one to 10, what are my energy levels like? 
Because mm-hmm. if you notice you're ending every single day, just dragging, and then you're eating mm-hmm. a lot in the evenings to bring your energy levels back up, that can also be information. Am I eating enough? And am I eating enough balanced meals throughout the day? Just even kind of noticing the ebb and flow of your energy levels throughout the day. Mm, totally. And look, I think too, again, like if you really, and I'm not like someone who's got an eating disorder, I think, yeah, tracking may not be the right approach, but I think women think, and Craig and I've talked about this podcast, the studies show that if you don't have an eating disorder, if you go and track your food, it's not going to give you an eating disorder, you know, but so let's just take away those people with eating disorder. You know, it, what are you so afraid of? Like, what is it you're really afraid of that's going to happen if you, if you track? Like, I think for me, the tracking really helped me take the emotion out of it Mm. and look at the facts. And when I plugged it all in, I was like, oh man, I'm only eating like 150 grams of carbohydrates. No wonder I feel like dog shit, you know? <laughs> and so, okay, well, how do I bump that up a little bit? I was add some fruit here, add some potatoes, ate it for a day. I was like, wow, I can noticeably feel the difference in my energy. You also too, like if you're a woman who is drinking a lot, you're under eating, you're binge eating, like you're going to have to change your behaviors and habits, but you have to, because the woman that you want to be isn't drinking alcohol every night. You know, she isn't starving herself all day and then eating 10 packets of chips at night. And you have to break that. And the way that you're going to break that is by planning in advance, prepping some food. And yes, it will be hard to start with. But trust me, like once you do it for a few days in a week and you start to like sleep better and you have more energy and then, you know, you slowly start to see your body change, you'll just be like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. And you'll just, it's just, you know, once you do the tracking for a while, like I go through periods where like, you know, cause I'm just maintenance now and I just want to train hard and have energy to shop in my business. And, you know, I still track during the week and plan on my food, but then on the weekends, you know, like we went out for lunch with a friend. I don't worry about tracking that. I had some glasses of champagne, you know, had then whatever dinner we just, we just went, cause we didn't make anything for dinner. So we went to Harris farm markets and there's this great little thing that does brand that does like pre-packaged meals, but they're really good. Like they don't have any shit in them. They have a decent amount of protein. So we just grabbed a spaghetti bolognese each, had some palms and had a glass of juice, had some ice cream, went to bed you know, didn't track that. Fine. You know, cause I know like I can look at that meal and go, okay, I need to get about 30 grams of protein. Like I need, it has adequate carbs and I'll add some more juice. Once you do this enough, it just, you know, like you don't, you'll know whether you're under eating or, you know, you know that you probably can't eat a whole large Domino's pizza cause it's going to have like 500 calories of fat in it. You know, <laughs> and again, I'm not saying don't ever eat pizza, but you'll go, okay, maybe I just eat two slices <laughs> instead of the whole pizza. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. and I appreciate this imagery of the future woman that you want to be. And I even get curious about someone kind of like writing down who is that person? Mm. Like what are their habits and patterns? How do they show up in relationship with food? So that Mm. you can kind of like work it backwards a little bit. Okay, if I started acting like that woman today, what kind of different food decision might I make at this meal? You know what? I'm not going to restrict. I'm not going to cut out all my carbs. Like I'm Mm. not going to eat certain foods because diet culture told me not to eat those foods. Actually, Mm. I'm going to adequately nourish my body and I'm going to eat breakfast in the morning. I've seen a huge difference as individuals start letting go of intermittent fasting and like eating (laughs) breakfast in the morning. So, you know, even just starting to get that imagery online, I'm a big fan of imagery and then starting being like, okay, how would I respond differently if I was that person already? Mm. Yeah, totally. And sometimes like, I don't know, people who follow me know that I'm a pretty straight shooter. I'm like, you just have to fucking get over yourself and do it. Like, you just have to say, I'm just going to have breakfast every single day for a week. I'm just going to do it. 
you know, I'm going to make sure that I've got some snacks prepped and I'm just going to make, I just say, make your standard success action. That's what I do. And be okay that you make mistakes and it won't be perfect, but just go, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to do this for a week and just do it. And like, let that build build because I think you know it's the action that leads to motivation because everyone wants to be motivated I'm like I don't feel motivated all the time but I've just taught myself to take consistent imperfect action that doesn't mean training like this week I said to Craig oh, I think I need a deload I was just woke up today so tired and I still eat my oh, my normal food every day I'm pretty consistent you know and we've been busy at work and it's probably been about eight or nine weeks since I've deloaded I can just feel that my body's achy so I'm like I'm just not going to train for the rest of the week I'm just not going to train just going to walk, eat my food. And I know then I'll feel better and be able to train again. But you just, you know, I think sometimes you have to just make that decision and go all in and going all in doesn't mean that you're perfect. Going all in just means I'm committed to this future self. Even if I make mistakes, I'm going to still keep showing off and I'm going to chip away and just like start to enjoy the journey a bit more than being so focused on, I have to be at this goal weight. I have to be here by this time because as long as you're moving in the right direction, it doesn't matter how fast you go, right? Like I think you've just got to be moving and it may not, you may not get there as quick as you want, but you're getting there. And I get it. Like I'm the same in in our business. Like I think I've got the nutrition and training pretty down pat now, but in our business, I get frustrated and think, oh, you know, should have been here by now. And then I'm like, kitty, enjoy the journey. Like I have to remind myself sometimes is that I'm doing what I love every single day. Mm-hmm. We're moving in the right direction. You know, it may not be as quick as I want, but it's happening. Just enjoy the day to day. But sometimes I think you need to remind yourself of that because you're right. Like once you get there and get the body that you want, it doesn't magically fix everything in your life. Yeah. It just doesn't. Obviously, you're going to feel better because you're feeling healthy and well. But like if you've got other shit going on, it ain't going to fix that. And then you're just going to be looking for the next thing and the next thing. So you, ha- you have to enjoy the journey and like you know I really do enjoy strength training I love it it gives me so much I don't know joy is the right word and I love food and I love making up new recipes and eating and feeling good and sleeping so it's like you just got to fall in love with that I think otherwise like you say you'll just it's that that goal post will just forever change not that I'm saying you can't have goals you know but maybe make your goals like I want to get a 100 kilo deadlift instead of focusing so much on I've got to achieve this number on the scale because if you be consistent with the food if you go into the gym and do your training sessions your body will change you know and I think the strength goals is just so much more rewarding I think yeah yeah so beautifully said I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom today and I would love for you to share how can individuals keep in touch with you where can they find you and the work that you're doing in the world so probably maybe just, we have a podcast too, the Weight Loss for Women Eat More, Train Less, Get Results podcast. So we release an episode every single week. We release two actually, one with Craig and I, and then one with a, some sort of expert like we had Stephanie on. Then Instagram's probably good at Kitty, K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D. Get there. I post lots of different stuff, follow along. You'll get some good, tough Kitty love every now and then if you need it. Yeah, you know, I think what you post. There's, time, there's times for grace. I've got to give myself grace. And be okay with, okay, maybe I had a shit week with the kids and I didn't get to train this week. Like, that's gonna life. Don't beat yourself up. But then there's times when you need to give yourself a kick up the ass and go, like, can I be consistent with my nutrition? Can I make the choice to prep my food this week and eat the food? There's times for both. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an ebb and a flow. And, you know, even what you were talking about before of just being, again, like we're talking about being committed to the journey is also sometimes at the end of the day, acknowledging what you did do. 
You know, we're yeah. so quick and it's so easy to pick up on what we aren't doing and what we didn't do that every day you are doing something. Even if it's, mm. you know what, I'm going to imagine what it would be like to make a different choice tomorrow. That's still doing something. That's kind of in the pre-contemplation phase of change. So mm. acknowledge yourself for every tiny little thing that you do because it, it does matter. Yeah, totally. And pat yourself on the back. I'm always patting myself on the back for stuff that I've done good. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when I make mistakes, I'm like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, I'm just like, get on with it. You can't, like, don't dwell on the past. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you. Like, don't just keep doing the same stupid shit over and over again, obviously. Like, learn from it. But I think there's no point beating yourself up, you know, because just move forward. Start again. Try again. Tomorrow's always a new day. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. You know, it's just like, okay, this was today. And you can be in the practice of leaving yesterday at yesterday and today, when you wake up, this is today. This is a brand yep. new day. And what happened yesterday isn't happening anymore. And I think that's such a practice to to leave it there and get mm. curious, how do I want to meet myself today? Because this is an entirely different moment. Yeah. Totally good. Totally yeah. True. Well, I will put yeah. all those links in the show notes. And just thank you so much for being here today and having this Thanks conversation. Having Sorry, I hope I didn't swear too much. I do drop like to swear a little bit. I'm hoping, I was thinking, oh God, I should probably ask people like, is it all right if I swear or don't swear? Because I do like to drop the occasional F-bomb. So sorry, people, if you don't like swearing. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. But I, you know, I appreciate just your energy and your authenticity and just like your passion for this work. I can really mm. feel it just, you know, flowing through you. Well, I love food and I love strength training. So, you know, and I feel like every I've never met a woman who's gotten strong and hated it. They love it. It's empowering. And, you know, everyone, I think everyone likes food. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much again for being here, for sharing everything you did. For anybody who's listening, if you have any questions about anything we discussed today, I'll put our contact information in the show notes and I will talk to you all again real soon. Bye. 